Today, you're gonna to hear from James Force. James is a Teen Challenge alumni. He worked for Teen Challenge and now he's on staff at a church in the Central Valley. Listen in as he shares at Spiritual Emphasis 2019. Southern California Teen Challenge, who loves Jesus? Oh, I don't know if I believe you. You better say it better than that. Who loves Jesus? Oh, come on now, somebody. It's going to go down here this morning. Are you excited to be here? This microphone is going to work in Jesus' mighty name. I'm going to find my zones. There's places you can go, places that you can't, but I'm going to find it. And we're going to be all right. I am so excited to be here with you. Do you guys feel the difference when you enter in underneath this tent in the presence of God that, that is here? God wants Yes, sir. Hey, we'll do whatever we need to do. Nothing is going to stop what God has ordained for us this morning. We'll keep passing mics back and forward. We'll go acoustic. I'm not tripping, Pastor Brown. We will do whatever it takes this morning, sir. We will do whatever it takes. I'm honored to be here with you. This is my spiritual home. This is a place where I was born again, where God set my feet upon a solid rock, where absolutely everything changed. Not just some things, not just one thing. God did not just want to take the drugs and alcohol out of my life and leave me the same old man that I was. Aren't you grateful that he says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, I am making all things new. Everything changes. Look at your neighbor say, everything changes. I do want to send, I do want to send my love from my beautiful wife, Marissa, who is also a Teen Challenge graduate. She wishes she could be here. She's an amazing woman of God. If you ever, I always catch these funny looks when I'm with her, which is a lot. I catch these funny looks because people look at her, and then they look at me. And then they look at her, and I'm like, hey, I know what you're thinking. Wondering how in the world did you end up with her? And I got one word for you. Jesus. Come on, somebody. And we have three beautiful children. Levi, Elijah, and Princess Abby. And I want to tell you, God has been so good to us. We are so grateful. Doris, thank you. Thank you for the sacrifice that you and your family made so that we could have changed and transformed life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to give also honor. Pastor Brown, I want to tell you we love you, sir. Sometimes when you are in the midst of something... You don't, always, you don't always realize or recognize how good it is. When you live in something every day, sometimes it can even become familiar to you. But what I want you to know is that what's happening right here at Southern California Teen Challenge, it is something special. God is doing some incredible things here. And we know that God would do them anyway, but we're glad that we're, he's doing them through your leadership, Pastor Brown. And I'm going to speak for everybody this morning and just say that we love you very, very much, sir. Okay, now here's what we're going to do. We're going to set a tone this morning. Because what we need to do right now is let the enemy know that we did not come to play today. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That side wasn't listening. We need to let the enemy know that we did not come to play today. It's Thursday morning. 
It's about to go down. Jesus loves you. Chains are being broken off. Walls are coming down. Come on, somebody. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I know God's been doing incredible things over the last two days. I know that you guys are experiencing the power and the presence of God. I know that some of you have made the best decision that you've ever made in your life in giving your heart to Jesus. I know that some of you have given your heart back to Jesus. I know that some of you, you received forgiveness and healing and restoration, and God is touching your life. He's speaking vision into you. He's given you visions of your future and the man or woman of God that you've always been meant to be. And I know that he's doing that. So this is what we're going to do on the count of three. If God has touched your life in any way over the last two days, if you've experienced the presence of God in any way on the count of three, I want you to stand up and give God 15 seconds of praise. Listen, not like your grandma just got the last O in bingo. I want you to praise him like he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I want you to hear all throughout the neighborhood. One, two, three, Jesus! Come on, 15 seconds of praise, baby. Jesus. Come on. All right, all right, all right. Man, now stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. I love you guys. I love your fire and I love your passion. And I love that God has already been doing some incredible things. I also, I want to I set an expectation for today. We're going to talk about Joshua and Caleb in the word this morning. <coughs> Joshua had the privilege of leading Israel out of out of slavery and into the promised land. He got to take the torch from Moses and lead them into the promised land. And so as he led them into the promised land, he spent 45 years going into the land, conquering land, dividing it up into the promise that God had for them. And after these 45 years, God came to him. And he sat in front of Joshua and he said, Joshua, you're very old. Only God can say that. But here's what he meant. What, he, what he's saying to him, he goes, Joshua, you're very old. You've lived a great life. You've done a lot of really good things. You've experienced some massive victories. And you've led Israel into these great things. Look, a lot of great things have already happened, Joshua. But, but here's what I want you to know. And this is what God said to him. He said, but there are still very large areas of land to be taken he's telling Joshua hey it's been great and it's been good but there's still more can somebody say amen there's more land to be taken there's more healing for you there's more of God's presence there is still more would you lift your hands up as we pray this morning God we are ready for whatever you want to do in us today our hearts are a fertile soil our eyes are wide open. Our ears are attentive. And Lord, we have never been more ready to receive from you than we are right now. 
And so, Lord, it's with this great expectation. We don't have to walk in today wondering if you're going to do something. But, Lord, we come into today knowing that you are going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could even ask or imagine. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone says amen. Amen. High five two people. Tell them they're glad they're here today. All right, all right, let's have a seat. All right. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. The theme for Southern California Teen Challenge this year and appropriately so for spiritual emphasis, is that he makes all things new. I'm so grateful that he makes everything new. Brand new, clean slate, a fresh start, new life, new dreams, new passion, new vision, new freedom, new victory, new callings. He's going to make everything new. Isaiah 43:18. this is one of your memory verses, so you should know this. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making ways in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I love this scripture, and it's always rung in my heart. It's been an echo in my heart because especially people like you and I coming from paths that we come from and mistakes that we've made and places that we've gone that maybe we wish that we hadn't and now we're entering into this new life. God wants to continually and he needs to continually remind us that he's calling us into something new. That the past is gone. That, that what is behind us Christ has already died for. If we've asked forgiveness and we've turned towards him that everything behind us is gone and the only way that we can continue to move forward is if I move beyond what is behind me. I cannot chase after God, running after him this way if my head's turned this way. And I think a lot of times the places where we find ourselves is that God is wanting to do a new thing. God is ready to do a new thing. He's calling me forward, but my attention is going backwards, and he's pulling me this way. My attention is pulling me this way, and I end up in neither place at the same time. And sometimes you could be physically here, but mentally somewhere else. I'm physically here, but man, I'm just reliving the past, and I'm beating myself up over the past. And what I want you to know is that son and daughter, you are forgiven, that God loves you, that is what, was, what is behind you is behind you, and God wants to do a new thing in your life in Jesus' mighty name. Can anybody say amen? He says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? So what that tells me is that God is ready, he's willing, he's available, he can be wanting to do something, but if my attention is not in the right direction, then I can miss it. So he says, see it, see it, see it. I'm doing a new thing. I've spoken to a few people just since I was here last night that you're on restoration. And when you came up to me and you told me you were on restoration and you did it with your head held low, 
And what I want to tell you this morning is shame off of you in Jesus' mighty name. Shame off of you. The best place that you could be is where you are right now. You should be so proud of yourself for having the guts to come back, the humility to enter back into this place and allow God to finish the good work that he began in you. You know what? I, I got more respect for you than I did for maybe just coming through once. So shame off of you. And God bless you. And we can't wait to see the good work that God's going to do in everyone's life. And we are family. You can give the Lord some praise. If you're going to do it, don't golf clap. If you're going to do it, do it. So it says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. And we can miss what God is doing because our attention is turned in the wrong direction. And that is major for us. But God gave me a little bit of a different and a specific word for us today. Because in the very same way that he can be doing something and my attention is turned the other direction so I miss it all together, I think we, he can also be doing something right in front of us and we can clearly see the new thing that he wants to do, the new life that he's calling me into, the greener pastures that lie ahead, but maybe because it's like nothing that I've ever experienced before or because it's so much bigger than we are or because it takes confronting some fears or, or, or because it takes some massive leaps of faith or maybe, maybe it's because God loves us so much he will never call us into something that we can do without him. And so now when God starts to show me visions of my new life, of my new calling, and it's so much bigger than I am, and I realize I can't do this on my own strength. I can't do this on my own giftings. I can't do this on my own abilities. That maybe out of fear, I don't step into it. He wants to do something new, and I see it. But maybe I don't believe it. And do you know that we can actually find ourselves in a place where the fear of moving forward can actually make the predictability of the past in all of its misery actually seem tempting? We can find ourselves in a place where the fear of stepping forward the fear of following God, the fear of saying, man, I'm going to take a step before there's anything to land on. The fear of moving forward can actually get us to a place to where we start to go, man, I wonder if I should just go, I wonder if I should just go back to all the misery, to all the hurt, to all the wound. Why? Because it's familiar. Who's ready to move forward and never look back? I don't know if I believe you. I said, who's ready to move forward and never look back? I want you to turn your Bibles to Numbers chapter 13. We're going to get into the Word. Some will say amen. I want to catch, catch you up to where we're going to be this morning just for the sake of time. We're going to be in Numbers chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 23. 
But where we're going to land this morning is God has heard the cries of his people. He summoned Moses at the burning bush. He said, Moses, I've heard the cries of my people. I indeed have seen their misery. I got a fantastic plan, Moses. I'm sending you. That's a sermon in its own. And so Moses goes in. You guys, some of you know the story. The back and forth with Pharaoh. They leave. The army chases after them. Splits the sea. They make it through. And they're after the promised land. The promised land was God's sweet spot for them. It was this good and spacious land. It was the perfect place for them. It was the place that he had always designed for them to be and that he so desperately wanted them to get to. And this is where God is trying to lead them. And so as they're approaching, as they're approaching the promised land, God appears to Moses and he says, Moses, here's what I want you to do, son. I want you to take one leader from every one of the 12 tribes of Israel and I want you to send them into the land to spy out the land for 40 days and for 40 nights and then bring back a report to the rest of the people. And so Moses picks 12 men, one from each tribe. He sends them into the promised land. And they spend 40 days and 40 nights walking throughout the land, looking throughout the land, discovering throughout the land. And then they come back to give their report to Israel, and this is what it says in Numbers 13, 26. It says, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them in the whole assembly and showed them fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and their cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites that live there, and the Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. And it says, but then Caleb silenced them before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. And they had said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. We're almost done. That night, all the people of the community raised their voices and wept. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this desert, why is the Lord bringing us into this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. It's interesting to me how a group of people can see the same thing but experience it completely different. I love sunglasses. I don't have any right now because I lose them and I break them. But I love sunglasses 
One of the things that I love about sunglasses is that, you know, you kind of get to choose whatever style you want to wear, right? They come in all kinds of different sizes. I remember when I was a student here, we would get those dollar sunglasses from the dollar store, and you just make them work, right? Nobody can rock dollar store sunglasses like Teen Challenge students. And then, and then you see a picture of yourself two years later wearing those glasses. You're like, dang, I should have got a bag of chips. That was a bad decision. Dang it. I knew it. I knew it. And not one of my friends said nothing. But I love sunglasses. And here's the thing about sunglasses. Is that you get to choose, you get to choose whatever kind of glasses you want to wear. And they come in all kinds of different frames and, and styles. And so here's the thing about the frames. The frames dictate the way that everybody else sees you. The frames dictate the way that everybody else sees you. Unless you're walking by looking in the mirror all the time. If you got a friend like that, don't look at him right now. But the frames, people are fist bumping all over the room right now. They're like, brother, that's you. I didn't want to say nothing, but that's you. The frames, the frames dictate the way that people see you. But check this out. The lenses, the lenses determine the way that you see everything else. The lenses that you look through affect everything else that you see. The way that our eyes actually see light. See, no, it seems like we're projecting out. But actually we see by light coming into our eyes, an image being made in our brains, and then we now see what's going on. I YouTube that last night. But we see from the light coming into our eyes. So now here's what happens. The lenses act as a filter that filter everything that I experience. And now, so now, the lenses that I look through determine everything that I see. And the way that I see things will determine the way that I experience them. Is anybody else with me here this morning? And so I want to talk to you, and I'm going to try to do this in the right time. I want to talk to you about the difference in the lenses of fear and faith. Because 12 men went into this land, and they all saw the exact same things. They all walked in the same places. They saw the same people. They saw the same buildings. But when they came back, they had a completely different experience. Because there was 10 of these men, they came back, and the report they gave was like, yeah, man, yes, Moses, it is everything that God said it would be. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. This is a good and spacious land. And here's some of its fruit if you want to taste it for yourself. It is. And they go, but I want to tell you, there's these incredibly strong people there. And there's these, there's these fortified cities and these giants, and like, man, they're, they're way stronger than we are. There is absolutely no way, no how that we can go into this land. And isn't it incredible that just by the, the lenses that we look through, you can be walking through God's promise for your life and still be convinced there's no way you can do it. 
There's no way. There's no way I can do it. Why? Because of all these things that I'm seeing, all these things that keep popping up, all these obstacles. And see, what fear does is fear gets you to focus on what you can see. Fear will get you to focus on what you can see, the problems that are right in front of you, the things that are happening, all these obstacles. And see, when fear sees these things, fear sees obstacle, obstacle, obstacle. So these 10 men, they're walking through their God's promise for their life, and all they see is obstacles, obstacles obstacles. So when they come back, they're like, yeah, it's a great place. It is. It's an amazing spot. This would be a great promise for somebody. But there's no way we could do it. There's no way we could get through this. And so they gave a report to Moses, and to the entire community. And they said, we can't. We can't. There's no way we can do it. We cannot go into this land. And then they actually get into this place where the fear of moving forward made the predictability of their past actually seem inviting. Really, the place that God just heard you crying out from, wasn't it God talking to Moses at the burning bush and he said, I've heard the cries of my people. I've indeed, I've I've heard you cry. Listen, he heard our cries. He heard our cries. When you were crying out to God, whether you knew it or whether you sensed it, God heard your cries. And he pulls you out of the old life to bring you into a good and a spacious land. That's a good time. Come on. If you're going to do it, do it like you mean it. Newsflash. I did not come here today to talk to you about fear. Because God does not give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love And a sound mind is anybody else with me today. Because though those 10 men, they were frozen with fear. Hey, check it out. The majority. Hey, you don't ever worry about being the only one in the crowd that sees things the right way. You don't need everybody to agree with you. Not everybody's always going to agree with you. You're going to go to a family barbecue, and people are going to be like, man, what are you talking about? Well, if you hang around me long enough, you'll find out for yourself. But your opinion is not changing the truth that's in my heart. So there was 10 that were frozen in fear. Can't go. We can't do it. Listen to what they said. We. We can't do it. Now, there was two guys, though. And they, say, they saw things completely differently. Because listen, fear will get you to focus on what you can see. But faith will get you to focus on what you can't see. Faith will get you to look at the things that you can't see. 
2 Corinthians 4 says, for we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. I'm not getting my eyes fixed on what I can see. I'm not focusing on these things that are right in front of me. Man, I'm looking through the lenses of faith. I'm seeing stuff you guys ain't even seeing. And so Joshua and Caleb, they came back with a much different story. They saw the same things, but they experienced them very differently. And in the same way that you can see the same things and experience them very differently, you can also say the same things and they mean something completely different. Because these 10 men, they came back and they go, they kept using the word we. We can't do it. Never want to take no accountability and say, it's just me, I. Anyway, that was extra. They said, we, they go, we can't do it. But I want to tell you how they're using that word. They're looking at each other. They're looking at, they're looking at each other. They're going, yep, we, we can't do it. We can't do it. When I measure up this stuff, when I measure up the call of God against me, when I measure up obstacles and court cases and broken marriages and broken families and all this stuff of my past, and I measure it up against myself, I will always say, can't do it. I can't do it. So they're looking at each other and they're going, we can't. We cannot go into the land. But then Caleb stands up and he goes, hey, I want to tell you guys something. We should definitely go into this land because we can definitely take these guys so he's saying the exact same word but he means it completely differently because we're the 10 they're going we can't we can't and Caleb's going hey you're right we can't but let me tell you something we can yeah, no, we can, but we can. Is anybody with me? Give God five seconds of praise. Come on, praise him like you mean it. Hey, duh, of course we can. Do you want to step into anything that's bigger than you? You can't do it on your own. Do you want something different than what you've always experienced? Do it with somebody else. Do you want power in your life like you've never had before? Well, then rest in him who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ever ask, dream, or imagine. We can't. We can. We can't. We can. Stop resting on your own abilities. Stop depending on yourself. The greatest truth that I ever found out was it's really not about me. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Because if I gave you a rap sheet of my history with all the things that James did, Pastor Brown, woo, hey, I'm so grateful that I get to yoke myself with Christ, that he does the heavy lifting, and he teaches me as we go. Come on, somebody. He says, we can't, but we can. So here's what happens. Check this out. When you're looking through the lenses of fear, you keep looking at all these problems, all these obstacles, all these issues. Man, I know how it is. You're getting letters in the mail. You're getting bad news that you didn't expect. Man, they jacked my bank account when I was here. Stuff happens. I owed it. 
that stuff happens. But when we just focus on our problems or the issues and the obstacles, now we start seeing obstacles everywhere. And if I'm, if I'm not measuring them up correctly, I'll start to find obstacle everywhere and to a point to where I'm just like, I'm ready to give up. I can't do it. But I want you to imagine if we would do things like this. I wonder what would happen is if when we were facing something, if, if, we, really, if we really looked at the battle exactly like it is. Well, what if it went something like this? What if it was like, ladies and gentlemen, fighting in this corner. Powerful people, fortified cities, and some giants. That's when y'all are supposed to boo. Or, or it could go, hey, in this corner, fear, anxiety, depression, hurt, boo, all these big things. And then it goes, but now, fighting in your corner. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the great I am. He, he, he has an eternal fighting record of one and oh, that win coming by way of his son, Jesus. He is the reigning, defending champion of the universe, God Almighty. What happens when we start to look at it like that? Because that is the truth. That is the truth. That's who you've got fighting in your corner. And so what happens is when I stop looking through the lenses of fear and I start looking through the lenses of faith, now, oh goodness, now, now what used to look like an obstacle becomes an opportunity. Where this was an obstacle, now it's an opportunity. I see it completely different. And now the thing that I thought was going to slow me down is really going to build me up. And here is another opportunity for God to show me how sovereign he is, how good he is, that I know, that I know, that I know that he did not pull me out of this land of slavery just to leave me hanging out here on this calling. Fear, fear sees obstacles. Faith sees opportunity. And God will give you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to trust him. And what happens as, as you continue to take step after step after step and your faith builds, now the first opportunity, he was like, son, I need you to jump up there. You're like, for real? I got to jump up there for all these people? All right, here we go, Lord. And then he's like, hey, son, 
Now you got a little momentum. I want you to jump. I'm not going to jump up on there. He goes, hey, I want you to jump up on here now. And it gets bigger and bigger and better and better. But it starts with the lenses that you look through. I want you to stand with me this morning. I hope that you are encouraged. At this bad report amongst all the community. And so they are like, man, it would be better for me just to go back. Go back to that old life. Go back to the old misery. Go back to where it's, it's you can say, quote, unquote, comfortable. But here's what happens. When God is looking, when God is looking for a people just to be a vessel, to do the things through you that he wants to accomplish on this earth, he needs some men and women of faith who are going to say, God, I will not focus on the negative things. I will not see every obstacle. I will not make every excuse for why I can't do this. I believe that he who began a good work in me will carry it on to completion. And he needs men and women of faith like that. And so he looks at the entire community. He looks at the entire community. And he said, these 10, these 10 that are living in fear, they're not going to enter into the promised land. They're not going to enter into the promise. But then God says this, and I want to speak this over your life today. He said, these 10 are not going to enter in. He said, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and he follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Listen, Caleb saw things differently. He had a different spirit in him. He was ready to do things a little bit differently. He was ready to see things differently. And I wonder, is there anybody in here that says, God, I'm ready to be different. God, I want to see things differently. God, I want to experience things differently. I am not the same old man. I am not the same old woman. You are doing a new thing in me. I'm starting to see things differently. We're going to sing a song right now, and then I want to pray over you. But fear will, will make you see obstacles. Faith will help you to see opportunities. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you haven't already, subscribe today on your mobile device to get exclusive new content from Teen Challenge of Southern California. For more information, visit us on the web at teenchallenge.org.